All right, Coach, I just want to say, for the record, it's nice to see you on our first cool day of October. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said in the pre-show combo, I instantly thought of you when I woke up, and I was like, oh, I bet Coach Greg is cold. <laughs> yes. You're all bundled up in your hoodie, doing your hands like you're by a warm fire when we first (laughs) got on. I love it. I mean, you know, I like all the seasons, but I think uh, spring and fall are my favorite. And uh, I don't mind a little bit of cold because I typically run hot. But um, yeah, (laughs) I definitely thought of you and your pups this morning. That's right. (laughs) You know, Rune might be a little bit cold. He's the old. He's the oldest of us all, right? He's yeah. fourteen right now. Yeah, um, it's amazing. But I love to be out there. You know what I would be doing right now? It's like it's cold outside, but you know, I'm I'm like a a bug in a rug, you know, in my hunting gear. So it's like, okay, I'm cold, but I'm warm, right? Well, yeah. uh, before you introduce yourself, when is your next hunting? trip coach do you have one coming well i'm gonna looks like it'll be next year for me okay uh, i did i didn't get the draw this year and i didn't get my meat until uh late this summer so you know realistically there was no reason for me to try to go out because you know i have plenty of food and everything like that but uh next year um by hook or by crook if i don't draw then i'm private hunting yeah i'm I'm on the trigger next year yeah i like (laughs) that that it's you know obviously the skill that's required and everything is uh you know interesting for you but your your main goal is you you need food (laughs) like it's not yeah yeah. it's like oh i'm just gonna go kill for fun you you actually need food Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a food thing. So if I I don't need it, don't mess around. I'm like the fish in the waters. Like, they don't attack everything that swims by their lair. You know, sometimes it's like, you know what? I see it, but I'm not hungry right now. And when they are, (laughs) they eat. And I think, you know, so that's just something I tend to keep in mind. Absolutely. Well, Coach, go ahead and introduce yourself, and I will, and we'll dive into our topic. All right, Greg McNeil, doctoral student, clinician, philosopher, funny guy, fitness guy, um, someone that likes to live this life at the highest level that I'm capable of. And I like to help other people do the same thing too and laugh like hell while they're doing it. <laughs> well, that's me. <laughs> I agree 100%, coach. That describes you uh, to a T. And uh, my name is Sherry Wilson, owner of Genius Owl. And uh, I have to say that I am about to enter into, um, what's the word? So I have a building phase I've been in, like an establishment phase as far as my business. And now it's time to run. Now it's time to fly. I got everything in place. Super excited. And uh, I like when you get the groundwork, which seems to take longer done. And then, but once you have it, now you can really focus on bringing the the resources and the services to people. So that's my favorite thing. I would say my my top goal is to leave pe- people better than when I found them. And uh, so super excited. Speaking of, we're going to dive into some people things, Coach, and uh, you know. I have to say, what we discussed in the pre-show combo 
Uh, knowing when to quit, knowing when you cannot solve the riddle of a person's perspective, which we'll dive into, is so key to lessening frustration. Um, I want to set this up with one of the things that Coach Greg demonstrated from the start when I met him, which, man, it was such an enigma. I was trying to figure out how he did it, was his ability to be a screen. So he'll tell you he's a screen. So he just lets things go through. And uh, especially when it comes to, you know, people and different things that, you know, it's like, hey, I'm just a screen. I'm not going to take ownership of that. There's enough ownership, you know, of things that you're, you know, focused on. But my background, uh, and I don't know if this is your background too, Coach, in your early days, um, maybe, because most Ds are like this, uh, very um, strong personality and very strong in communication It being, you know, important to have straightforward, respectful communication. But what I would do is I would get into one of the vanities, which is over communication. So that's where I had an inability to let go of a conversation because there was so much emotional investment in that relationship or uh, what I was trying to get across. And then after hitting my head up against the wall and then the emotional intelligence work I did, um, gosh, we're now probably like 12 years ago, 11 years ago, I learned that that's actually an ego-based response. And so, you know, ego, like we've talked about over and over, is fear. So there's a loss factor that's involved. And uh, so once I learned that, it didn't matter if it was in my own life or a group setting. I just hang loosely to whatever is occurring. And I would say where it sometimes sneaks up, Coach, is when it's my work. Like when, when, you know, when people start jacking with my work or they, you know, they want something, I'm like, well, it won't look as good, but hey, if that's what you want, sometimes I just say no. So they can either fire me or just trust my opinion. But other than that, you know, sometimes I can get tripped up on it, but I was in a recent situation. So like a group dynamic and I found like, if you think of like uh, characters in a drama, right? I found that the characters were going to hang tight to their perspectives. And in the year, year and a half that I'd been involved, actually two years as a social media manager and marketer, but as far as on the board, I just, I was noticing, so it's almost like coach, and I'm sure you've experienced this, where you're the objective party and you're looking at the situation outside and you see a storm coming. And so you're trying to sound the alarm, you know, you're trying to be like, okay, you know, so this person, the reason they see you this way is because of this and blah, blah. And you're trying to get people to wake up before the storm hits, but they don't want to let go of what they believe. And then sure enough, the storm hit, the group has been, you know, shifted and discombobulated and moved around because people refuse to let go of preconceived ideas on all sides. So one of the things you said in the pre-show combo is you need to know when you can't solve it. 
So can you talk about, you know, like just whatever's on your mind now that I've got this topic set up? I think people just need to know when to just quit, when to just walk away and let people be whatever they're going to be. Yeah. So the first thing that comes to my mind is what is it within me that feels the need to convince someone of something that they don't uh feel is right for them or they don't agree with, right? Now, it's easy to take the position to say, look, I know something here that you don't know. But that's not really when it comes to conflicts, what we're typically talking about. Someone else has a different point of view. They come from a different perspective. They have different wounds and traumas and and triggers understanding and ways of seeing the world. And so one of the things that I learned is, is like, if you are overly attached to anything um, in that regard, watch out because you're probably in a state of ego, right? And then the next thing is, you know, the universe has to first move. And I don't know what that person needs to learn right now, but if I'm not careful, I can get in the way of that because of my own insistence. Like, I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong, that you're not thinking right. That's not necessary. That's one of the things that I just learned. And it's like, you know what? Even though I might think from my perspective, you know, this this person is really just not thinking right accurately here. I have to let that go, right? Because whatever they need to learn is not going to come through me. And if I'm not careful, I can actually force them into a decision-making process because of my insistence that they follow whatever it is that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I've learned it's like, okay, I say what it, what needs to be said, making sure that I remove any sort of malice or intensity or anything uh, non-verbally that would cause the person to pick it up right so that they focus on the energy of what i'm saying instead of the the actual context of what's being said yeah right so i learned it's like okay stop that just 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 let that go and if you're if you're holding on too tightly to it greg then something must be wrong with you you don't feel settled um you're not, not balanced you're not in a place you need to be and you're hanging on to something that even you need to let go of so I would, you know, over time, it's like if I'm overly attached to something, that must mean that for me, I'm not in the right space in my mind, in my spirit, in my body. And um, and so I stopped. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I recognize that, you know, like sometimes it's like, you know what, Um, they may need to crash. And. And that's okay, because if that's what is required of them, then, you know, let it happen. You know, you you get out of the way. Um, It's sort of like um, if you want to use like a like a other perspective. uh, Some people have to find out what is appropriate for them in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and at, at, at whatever level that is, which means then. Um, they're going to do some things that are probably going to hurt them. And we're going to see it. And we'll probably think, wow, 
um, I wish they would have done something different. Yeah. We couldn't get in the way of what that person needed to learn. And so um, it's unfortunate, but sometimes it's like, you know what? Um, I don't know what that person needs to learn. So let me step back and and let the universe, let's let God do his work and see what happens. And the majority of time, they tend to come around. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't do it in this life, they'll do it the next one, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. They come around. One so of, we, oh, I'm sorry. No, I just said, so we put up our hands and we step back. One of the things that... Um, people need to understand, I think, as far as like, like if you're in a situation, so let's take it to the relationship dynamic, like we've been talking about. Um, whenever you're in a situation where, and we've all been there, and, and not to say that we're necessarily correct or not, but when you see people self-destructing or blowing up relationships that are actually good relationships and good for them, the when you try to speak with them, right? So um, there's nothing wrong with communication. I mean, if you're in a relationship and the other party's doing something that's damaging it, that requires, you know, based on the level of relationship, if you could care less and can walk away, you know, fine. But if you're in a relationship that you value, there is a conversation that, you know, probably needs to occur, sharing perspective, listening, trying to get to those root systems. You know, you see it all the time, like in romantic relationships where, you know, there's been several woundings and then the person's in that other relationship and they just carry all of that over to the other person. But here's the thing that is really important. When you challenge someone's thinking, you have to understand that the brain is viewing that challenge as a potential for that person to be wrong. And so it can be really hard to change a person's mind uh, because they would have to admit they're wrong. And there's ways of communication and persuasion that I utilize, especially when I'm dealing with my coaching clients, you know, questions. I ask questions. I let them come to their own conclusions. And um, so, you know, that's that's one thing. The other thing is... Like Coach Greg said, there comes a point. So let's say that, you know, you have had a conversation, you know, you've pretty much laid out, hey, if these behaviors and mindsets are not adjusted, this is probably going to be where this ends up. If a person decides not to make the necessary adjustments, they don't want to. And the reason they don't want to is either their own ego or, like you said, past traumas, past things. So when I when I the the situation I was referring to in our pre-show combo, the main person that had the biggest problem was actually the closest to the other. Yet I personally observed there's there's um, some offense there and there's some wounding that was the filter for what the other person was saying. And I'm not saying that the other person was, you know, 100% right. In fact, he even said that. He said, I'm not righteous in this, you know, 100%. That's for sure. I've made mistakes too. But what happened when I was observing this coach is it was like they were speaking two different languages. And I was, uh, I, I won't forget how... He said, I, you know, you're saying this about me. And I was like, uh, I didn't hear that at all. So then I knew it was over. 
you yeah. you can't get past that and uh and so at that point I had peace I understood I was still sad but I understood it's over so maybe a sign that you need to walk away is if you're having a conversation and it's like you're speaking two different languages would you agree coach that might be a good sign to just kind of hey let it go step back and let whatever's going to happen happen well, yeah, that too. But I would also say the first step would be for me, it's like, what's happening for you internally? Are you getting angry um, because mm. you're, there's two different languages going on? Because in, in what is it in point of fact, there's always two different conversations going on, at least three, four, five. So let's say you got two people talking to each other. So those two people are talking and then there's their personalities that are also involved. And uh, and everything that they've actually dealt with. So all of that is in the dynamic in the conversation, right? Yeah. But the first thing to me is, boom, are you upset? Because the minute you get upset, then you've actually shifted your perspective. And now you've added an energy to the conversation. Now there's a third entity there, right? So yeah. not only are you speaking two different languages, but now you've added emotional content to it. So now in a sense, there's yelling and screaming, even though it may not be verbal, but internally you can hear it in the language. Yeah. Right. In the intensity, the eyes, the strain in the face. Right. So the minute you get upset, it's like, okay, you need to stop talking because if you're upset, then you're not having a good communication. Something else is going on. Coach, that is so true. Cause you know, I'm kind of like a third party um, a cooler head, so to speak. And, uh, I saw the anger on the one party's face, not the one that, uh, resigned. Actually, he was sad. He was, you know, broken, but he was, he was, he handled it actually better than I thought he would, but you could see it in the body language coach, uh, the tight mouth, the fidgeting, the laid back, you know, dominant body language. That's really important too to to look at the body language because that's like ninety three percent of communication, you know. Yes, it is. Like I'll I'll never forget. Um, you know, people if they've listened to us at all, they should know by now. They have a true crime podcast, and so, um, guys, Chris Watts, uh, he was a guy in Colorado that murdered his pregnant wife and two daughters, and mm. when it came out, you know, that they were missing. Mm-hmm. Um, we were watching the news. And of course, I'm immediately like, okay, what's happening here? So coach, on the the TV interview, he's got, you know, not just closed body language. He's like closed body language. Okay. So he's, yeah. yep. And, and so, you know, it's you can't, cold. you can't always take, um, the closed posture as they're trying to hide something because people now by habit, you know, we don't train as much. So our back gets tired and all that stuff, you know, text neck, all of those things can cause it. But his, (laughs) I was instantly like, "Uh uh-huh, but here's what happened. So then they said, what would you say to your wife or to the person who took your wife and daughter's? So he still has his closed body language, and then he's shaking his head no, saying, please bring them home. It's not the same without you. 
the house is not the same. The house is lonely. And he's shaking his head no, coach, while he's saying he wants them back. So the minute I saw that, the minute he depersonalized by speaking of the house, what the hell are you talking about? The house is lonely? No. See, you murdered them. Like I was instantly, <laughs> you killed them. I know you did. And sure enough, he did. And uh, he's now in prison. But the shaking of the head no when you're saying you want something is very important and just different things. So noticing those things, I've also noticed, Coach, when you're in situations like this, a stiffening. So there'd be like a stiffening and a pulling back. Uh, yeah. That's resistance, guys. So what are they saying? What is their body language doing? And and when Coach was talking about, you know, you've got like probably like five, you know, situations, conversations going on. You mentioned personality. You mentioned, um, you know, the current situation, perspectives, uh, their emotional state, but also, like you said, the past experiences and their future aspirations. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm thinking, so what went through my mind right now? So I'm just going to use this example. Okay. Uh, Number one, you got two women talking and they have some kind of something going on with them. They got a little something happened in between them. I'm, I'm making a buzzing sound because there's something going on between the two. Yeah. So they're, you know, they're trying to have a conversation, but other people are mm-hmm. noticed there's something going on with these two ladies, yeah. right? You know, it's like, I see them talking to each other, but they're actually fighting. They're low key fighting with each other. Well, what is that all about? Right? Because nobody really, really knows what's going on. Yeah. But something between the two women themselves is very abundant. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't like this woman. I don't like that woman. She's a, you know, you know, we, you know, you start having those kinds of things. But where is it coming from? Yeah. You see, it's not actually coming from the room or the meeting. It's coming from their energies and their projections and their fears and where they come from. Oh, wait a minute. You think that woman looks better than you do. Maybe you think she's smarter than you are. Or maybe you think that she thinks that she's better than you are or that she's smarter than you are. You see, all of that is personality dynamic. Yeah. Right? And it's coming from someplace else. Yeah. Especially if no one says, excuse me, Lady A over here was really rude. Right. She she held Lady B hostage and all. Nobody has that dynamic. You know, everybody's looking around and they're like, I don't know what's going on with these two women. Why are they and why are they at odds with each other? Right. Or two men. Why are they at odds with each other? Yeah. Okay, they're fighting. You know, one's got more money than the other one. The other one is moves better. Maybe he's more handsome, whatever it is. They start going down those lines. Yeah. And so. What I do is I start looking at all of those kinds of things. And it's like, you know what? You got to bring that to the surface. But guess what? When a person is in that, those spaces where they can't hear, you can't get to all of those things that you see. Because in that moment, in that conflict, the person or persons may be unconsciously defending those past hurts, dynamics, or triggers, even though 
they're really being asked to let those go. Yeah. But in that moment, we may not be able to help them to let that go. Yeah. Right. Because they're just, they're just not there right now. It's like, okay. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we don't advocate for this nowadays. So dear listeners, so just, just, this is not happening, but I'm just saying there was a time when people had conflict like that. It's like, you know what? You two dudes or you two ladies are fighting. What we're going to do is we're going to tie something around both of your wrists and we're going to leave one wrist, one hand open, and we're going to put you in that circle and let you swing at it and resolve it. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because when I was in school, um, every fight I got into with somebody like a fist fight, I ended up being friends. It's like, there's something about just duking it out sometimes. And obviously we're not advocating it, but hey, you know, sometimes it might be necessary. <laughs> yeah. And and, there, and sometimes that it may not necessarily come to fisticuffs, but duking it out really is another way of saying we're going to square up and address what's happening. Yeah. Sometimes it goes to fisticuffs. Sometimes it doesn't. But even when it doesn't, you still have to get to the point of resolution. So yeah. in that sense, they're just the same. Yeah. Um, because somebody is going to find out that, okay, um, this person is not a pushover. Okay. Yes. Because sometimes that has to occur. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to find that out. Right. And this is what I'm saying. It's like, okay, you can't hear what I'm saying. I understand that. So I'm going to let you do whatever it is you need to do. But if you, when you get hurt by that experience, <laughs> Right. I, right now, I can see some of the men that I'm talking to out there at the base. I'm like, you really want to do that? Now, if you get hurt by that experience, and it's like, so what I'm saying is I, I would advocate you do something else. Yeah, I, I hear you, coach. I, I hear you, which is another way of saying, yeah, but, but yeah, so you know what I, I do? I just smile. I said, all right, dear young man, let me shake your hand or whatever it is. And let you walk out that door. Then I wait for the phone call. Right. Yes. One week, yeah. two weeks later. Don't. <laughs> Hello? Because this person normally has a deep voice now, right? Now I can't. It's like, hey, man, you're 6'5". I can't tell who I'm talking to on the phone. It's like, who is it? It's a, oh, it's you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. I had a guy, and I'm thinking about right now, he came to see me. We're sitting in the coffee shop. He was so stressed out, his nose started bleeding. Mm. Good looking, nice and beefy. You know, the kind of, you know, the guy's got them shoulders. So if you're a woman that loves a guy with tremendous shoulders, he's your guy. Good looking face, everything. But guess what? He was in a situation and he didn't want to let go of it. And I said, you know what? I can't tell you to let go, but I can tell you it seems like you ought to consider it. Well, he was dug in. So I had to let him stay in the spot that he was in. Yeah. And when he finally did reach out to me and I went to see him, um, when I, if I said I hardly recognized him, that wouldn't be true because he's kind of hard to miss. But even him, even at his stature, he had lost so much weight. I was like, okay, dude, mm. you're, you know, in my brain, I said, you're sick. And then we sat down and start talking. And the next thing you know, it's like, like, man, your nose is bleeding. 
And then at that point, then I said, okay, so are you ready now? And he's like, yeah, coach. So he's crying at this point, Mm -hmm. right? Now he lives a different life. But then if he doesn't make that move, he was in a a situation where he was about to kill himself because he couldn't let go of the thoughts he was thinking and how they were shaping the life that he was currently living. Yeah. Right? That's... That's so good, Coach. I I want to um, end this by going back to one of the initial things that Coach Greg said, and that is, uh, you know, if you're hanging on too tightly, you need to ask yourself why. Because now it's no longer about conflict resolution. It's no longer about um, the other party. It is about you. And, you know, it could be, you know, the fear of rejection, fear of being wrong, fear of being alone, you know, any type of fear of loss, that pretty much is what is going to be the center of your drive. But there's so much freedom in really being that outsider where you can, you can see and you know what needs to be done, but you also give people the freedom to decide whatever it is they're going to do, even if you know there might be consequences. And you can even be proven wrong. I mean, there's times where I thought something might be, you know, end up pretty bad and it actually didn't end up as bad as I thought. But that's rare, actually. Nine times out of ten, it's a situation like you were talking about. But that's it requires a humility because, you know, if you don't have humility, you'll want to keep just trying to fix this, especially those fixers out there, knowing you can fix it, knowing this is how to solve this problem, blah, blah. You're not dealing with a dog that you're training. You know, you're dealing with people that have their own sovereign will and even to their own hurt, they're going to make the decisions they're going to make. So having some good communication, absolutely. But when you feel yourself kind of tightening up on that situation, that is a sign. You just need to, okay, I'm going to let this thing go. Uh, and even when it comes to your closest relationships, sometimes you just can't fix it. And sometimes you just got to step out. And that reminds me of another thing you said is that, you know, sometimes people need to experience certain things so they can see. And, you know, if you have to convince someone, you have to keep them convinced. And that's a hard job. That's too burdensome for anybody to carry. So again, if you feel that tightening, you feel that emotion starting, you feel that body language, you start feeling it in your body, maybe your shoulders or your stomach. Those are all cues to step back and possibly out of the situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's, you know, when we say trust your gut, um, it's not about whether or not if you're about to make a good or bad decision always. Sometimes it's like knowing when you need to step away and be quiet. It's like, you know what? Um, as long as it there is another mind operating, then saving is out of the question. The saving occurs with the decision. So they save themselves. You could be talking to somebody about anything, but ultimately what saves the person is not you. It's their decision-making. 
Yeah. And even though you can say, well, if I wouldn't have talked to them, it's like it doesn't work like that. You're talking to them because they actually needed you to be able to speak to them. That's why you're actually in that spot, because something is going on greater than you. Yeah. Right. So when they decide that they want to listen to what you're saying, that was meant for them to hear you and that message so that they could make a decision. But the decision was always theirs. Yeah. Right. So when they say at the end of a sermon, come forward, that's a decision. Yeah. Just like it is to get up and walk out, right? It's a decision. Yes. So we always have to recognize the power that the individual has, no matter what the circumstance, they are no, they are never without power to decide, right? I think that's a good place to end, Coach. Yeah.